Welcome, all of you. So glad that you're here. One of those pas- there's two passages of scripture that we want to take a look at this morning. Um, the first one is Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 through 13. And some of you will have committed this to memory. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That is our prayer, really. For the individuals that uh, came to the front, what a great graduating class. It's just absolutely fantastic to see so many, all of these people connected to our church in one way or another. And uh, what an exciting time for us um, this morning. This is a prayer that all of us can pray. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 to 13. I encourage you just to uh, write that down, encourage you to remember that, and pray for those that we are graduating, and also pray for those that are heading off to uh, be our camp counselors, those that are heading off to uh, camp this summer. As you know, we're honoring our grads. We're going to have a little piece of cake um, in honor of them today. Uh, This is a milestone event for them. How many of you remember your time of graduation? Hey, the various times you had to to do that. Um, For me, uh, graduating from public school was, was was a great event. Graduating from high school, it happened. I don't really remember much about it. Um, there, I don't even remember whether I went to, I don't think I went to the ceremony, um, but I did graduate. And uh, then in, when I went to college, which is Spring Arbor College down in Michigan, lots of family came to that. There were lots of events that led up to that. I had opportunity giving a speech there. I, I spoke in our chapel um, there. It was, that was just a wonderful event. I, maybe part of that was is that only a couple months after that, I'd be getting married. Um, to Julie, so maybe that was all part of the, uh, the planning forward. And then um, when I graduated from seminary, again, family came and food was a big part of that, and just being with uh, family and hanging out was great. Graduated on the, uh, uh, the Saturday or the Sunday, I can't remember, but on Monday, um, we packed our truck and we moved from Kentucky back to uh, Canada, and then we uh, stayed in, in Kingston for a little while, and then I took my first pastoral charge just down the road here um, in Renfrew, um, the Free Methodist Church in Renfrew. Well, those were great days, and I think as you remember your time of graduation, you remember some of those um, great things too. Um, so, as these individuals are contemplating the next steps for themselves, going on to higher education, whether it be college or university, where they're making decisions, and they will constantly be making decisions. Are you going to live at home, or are you going to live away? Are you, are you going to get a scholarship? Are you going to work at getting scholarships or not? Are you going to work or not while you're away? And as important as those things are, there is something even more important, which is learning to discern the will of God for your life. Now, you cannot start too early to grasp this, to get a hold of it, to understand it. It will help you in making those, uh, both the large and the small decisions that are going to come your way. Because if we can make the right choices in the small decisions, chances are that we're going to make the right choices in the big decisions, and vice versa. 
If we make bad choices in the small decisions, then reverse is probably true as well, that you're going to make bad decisions on some of the big decisions that come your way. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2 is where we focus this morning. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? The world, or uh, the dictionary, defines discernment as the quality of being able to grasp or comprehend what is obscure. The power to see what is not evident to the average mind. Discern means to detect with the eyes or detect with the senses other than your vision to recognize as separate or distinct these things, to discriminate between two things, to be able to discriminate between what is right and what is wrong. And in our world today, these things tend to blur. We see it all the time. We see it on the news. We see it also from the people that lead our country. We see this blurring of good discernment. And my prayer has always been, God, help these individuals to be discerning and to have wisdom. I pray this all the time for our leaders, both in the world as well as those that are in the church. For the Christian, discernment is both similar and different from that definition that I gave you. Christian discernment brings God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit into this equation. We can do all the thinking that we want, and we can be pretty discerning people, but there's a piece that is missing if we leave God out of the equation. And can I say today that in the world, there are many that are leaving God at the door and not allowing him to come in and to embrace and to be a part of our every, part, every part of our life. And that is a huge challenge. And that'll be a huge challenge for these young people as they head out into the world because, as Tim so eloquently said, they're going to be bombarded by this philosophy that God is out here and we don't bring him into the classroom, as sad as that may be. Discernment and doing the will of God through the help of God's word. Um, Ruth Haley Barton has written a book, and it's called Pursuing God's Will Together. And a number of years ago, our board read through this book as we were, as we were trying to discern the will of God for this church. Discernment and doing the will of God through the help of God's word, both his written word and through his word, his son, Jesus Christ, the living word, and through the Holy Spirit, is what distinguishes Christian discernment from any other kind of discernment. In order to have this faith-filled discernment, you have to be faith-filled. You have to be a follower of Christ. You have to seek him with all of your heart. You have to say, you know what? The cross before me, the world behind me. I am choosing to follow God in all things. Barton says Christian discernment is challenging because it requires us to move beyond reliance on our human thinking and planning to a place of deep listening and responding to the Spirit of God within us and among us. When we make decisions, whether big or small, we should be making them not just on what we think or what we think is right and wrong 
or what our society is telling us is right or wrong. But the decision should be reflective of what God wants to do and what he sees as right and wrong. And this can be very challenging, as I'm sure many of you are finding. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, again says this, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Does God really care which college or university you go to? Yes, he does. What might be wrong, uh, right or wrong for you might be different for someone else. Does God care about what major you you take? Yes, he does. When I finished high school, it was very clear. God had a call upon my life, and I was headed to Spring Arbor College. I started to take a major that was new. I could have gone to Roberts Wesleyan College just across, the, just across the river, across the lake in Rochester, New York. I could have taken there. There was a great philosophy program there. But I went to Spring Arbor College because I felt called there to take this new course, which was Contemporary Ministries. It was a great major. I, I did very well there. I say that myself. Because my parents aren't here. My parents were here. They'd tell you the same thing. <laughs> Trust me. Um, I'm kidding. So, um, but I, I, went, I went to a Christian co- I was a Christian uh, liberal arts college. That's where I went, Free Methodist School. And a lot of my buddies and pals, they went off to various colleges. They went, to, um, went on for carpentry and all kinds of trade schools. And some went on to university. Um, so it was right for me to go there. Is God interested? Yes, he, yes, he is. Does God care about the job that you're going to take after you graduate if you go on to college or, or university? Yes. God cares about everything that we do. Does he care about the money that we make? No, probably not. But he does care about how you're going to use those resources. What are you going to do with what it is that God has given you? God cares about everything. God cares, and it does matter, are you going to use it to bring glory to him or not? But we can dishonor God in just about any job that we have. We as Christians need to honor God in all that we do. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So the question is, what are you doing to renew your mind? Not just once, but what are you doing on a regular basis to renew your mind? And can I say to you this morning, unequivocally, that it needs to happen more than just what happens here Sunday mornings. It's a lot of pressure for the pastor and everybody else up here to renew your mind. Some of this is your, is, is your um, thing for you to do. This is, you need to do the work. You need to put in your homework. You, you need to be doing this at home. You, you, you need to be in, in the Bible. You, you need to be among people that are helping you to learn the Bible. God has given us uh, our minds for a very important reason. That by testing we may discern what is the will of God that is good and acceptable and perfect his perfect will. According to the Bible or the scriptures, there are some decisions in our lives that are pretty clear. You you don't need to wonder. 
Though we live in a world that is mostly blinded by the words of Scripture, we also live in a world where, we, where many who claim to be followers of Christ seem to be blinded to the words of Scripture. The authority that the written word of God once held in the church seems to be waning. So we pick and choose those commands of God that seem to suit us. And those other things that God has firmly called us to, we tend to set aside. It becomes too hard. Become a little soft with it. I can't do that on our own. We try to choose and, and pick uh, the scriptures apart. Seem to be that those were important scriptures of the past. Does it really matter today? We pick and choose what's important. And at some level, we find ourselves in this definition of discernment, of lacking the ability to discern and to determine from right and wrong. And this morning, before, we, before our graduates head off, we pray that they would understand what the Bible says and that they would be able to discern what the will of God is for them. There are times when we don't see clearly. Scriptures talk about this. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. There are those moments when we, we just don't know. And sometimes it would be, it'd be better for us to wait and to fully understand. You know, there's some places in the scripture that are, that are very clear. And when we disregard them, they are stop signs, or they are, yes, go down this path. And when we ignore the stop signs in these places, we do that at our own peril. We go down places that we shouldn't go. Often, I don't know whether you found this or not, but if you talk to the old timers, I guess myself, you can include in that. There are those moments where we discover and when we would say is that sin has taken us way further down the path than we ever expected for it to take us. Or how one little lie, how one little indiscretion begins to snowball and it takes us into those places that we should never be. There's, so we, we have those elements where we are, may find this a little bit challenging to understand, but alongside that, there are things that are not spelled out so clearly in the Bible. You'll not, you'll not find the college or the university that you should attend in the Bible. You'll not find what job you should have in the Bible. But there are some unethical ones or immoral ones that you shouldn't take. If you're a believer in Christ, it tells you that if you believe God is calling you to get married, what you should look for in a spouse. The scriptures tell us about that, who we should marry, perhaps. To not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has a plan for every single one of us, even to the youngest babies that are here this morning. And in the midst of that plan, he gives us free will. 
He gives us free will to make choices. And somehow, in God's great providence and sovereignty, he works through our choices. I don't know about you, but there have been times when you and I have made stupid choices. We've made stupid decisions. Sometimes it takes years for us to recover from that. Sometimes we have opportunity to get back on our feet right away. God still loves us in the midst of all of that. And somehow, in God's great providence and sovereignty, he works through our choices. It's like we're going on a journey that we've never been on before. But God has given us a map. That map is called the what? The Bible, yes. The map contains all the main roads. It's got the four laners on there. 416, 417, 401, 402, 407, 412. It's got all those main roads on it. And then in addition to that, it has the two laners on there too that helps move you in the right direction. But the map doesn't give us all the small roads. The town roads, the dirt roads that we must travel down during our life on earth. And when we get to the fork in the roads, we need to make choices. And in those choices, when we're down to the small little places, that's where we need God's discernment. Jesus Christ. And that can be challenging. You're making that decision every day of your life to be like him and to act like him. When you said yes to Jesus, you said that you would be his ambassador. You said that you would act, and when people see you, they see him. And some of us this morning, just as we sit, and in a few moments we're going to celebrate communion together, just need to take an extra minute and just be mindful of some of the areas of our lives where we've made a bad choice, and we've never really corrected it. We've, we've never really been honest with God to say, you know what, I took a right turn back there and I now know that that was wrong. It's easy to put a smile on our face. It's easy just to show up and do church. No one will ever know. But in the heart, our heart of hearts, we know. And in God's heart, he knows. I'd like to think that as we come together to take communion in a moment, we will come to that place and we've confessed our heart before him. We've been honest before him and just said, God, search my heart and know my heart today. See if there be any wicked way in me. I want to be discerning in life, but there's this, this wall that stops me from making those right choices, those right decisions. You're being an influencer whether you realize it or not by what you say and by what you do. If you say that you're a follower of Jesus and we all need help in, our, in this discernment process every day, I have to seek God to help me to be good at discerning. We started with Jeremiah chapter 29. And I finish with Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 13. 
For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. And listen to what happens. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That's God's desire today. I think down through the centuries, even until just today, there are those people that find themselves in a dark place. They find themselves so far from home, they don't even know where home is anymore. Some places that we go are going to swallow, want to swallow us up and eat us alive. But in the midst of that, there have been those individuals down through history, just in that moment. Remember a praying mother, praying father, a grandma and a grandpa, who never lost sight of that little one that went off to college, went off to university, left hometown, went off to a far land, and never forgot to pray for them, but constantly prayed before God. And in the midst of that challenging, dark moment, they just cried out, help. And God met them right where they were. I believe today, several places around the world, there are those individuals that are crying out for help. And God is meeting them right where they are. Never forget, graduates, all of us who are moving on, one way or another, that wherever you are, you can call out to a God who hears you and who has a plan for your life. Never forget that. Today you are loved. God loves and cares for you. Let's pray. We're so thankful, Father, this morning that in your word, you have great promises for us. It'd be one thing for us, we could, we could make up something, we, or certainly we, we can say something, but based on your word this morning, we're reminded that you have a plan for us, for our welfare, for our good, and not for harm, to give us a future and a hope. You didn't bring us into this world to leave us, but you have brought us into this world to walk alongside us. Wherever we are today, whether you're viewing us online, whether you're here this morning, help us as we call out to you. And thank you that you're here to hear us and that you're here to walk alongside us. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.